you've got to wash the balls pre-kickoff. He didn't say that. Tell me he didn't just say that. You're so bloody negative about everything. So negative about everything. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. It is 29 minutes away from uh, five. Welcome to the run home. Uh, it's not beef and cursed, um, but I can tell you we'll have beef very, very shortly, as a matter of fact, uh, which is exciting. It's his first time back on the show uh, since the week before the Rugby World Cup final um, in, in an official host capacity. So uh, he's, uh, he's in Waiuku sorting out a few things, and we will have him on air um, after the five o'clock news. Beef returns to the run home after a long, long absence uh welcome folks to the run home all thanks to mick delivery uh as i said beave are not too far away uh cricket just wrapped it down there in dunedin big big congratulations to steve davey uh and wally lease former black caps coach former otago uh women's coach uh, doing a great job with the commentary here on SNZ. The summer of cricket very, very much underway. Uh, there is another game on Saturday, the third game of the T20 series. Uh, commentators for that will be Daniel McCarty and Anna Corbin, former uh, White Fern herself. So I'll look, listen out for that later in the week. What do we have coming up on your Macca's menu today? Well, in this very, very short version of the run home, of course, uh, thank you to uh, Macca's. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with delivery. Uh, we will have a run home team reunion after five. What has Beave been up to? He's been up to a lot of stuff. Uh, just in the last three, four days alone, he's been in Queensland and then Dubai and then back into New Zealand. So uh, crazy times for our Beaver after spending most of October and November in France. Uh, TRB live update before five o'clock. That'll be with J-Dog. Uh, we're heading to the Black Caps camp shortly with uh, Tom Latham. Just caught up with him. Uh, they're about to uh, catch a bus to training. So we'll catch up with Tom very, very shortly. Uh, Tuesday time machine flashes back to one of the greatest moments New Zealand cricket history. Tuesday Brain Buster. J-Dogs put that together, so I have no idea what it is. I'm sure it's going to be tough, though, because Beeb's back on boards. Uh, questions without notice. Just want to sort of find out a bit more about um, things that, that Beeb went through while he was in Queensland, shooting that show with Izzy Dag. More to come on that. And before the end of the show, we'll have highlights of the New Zealand-Pakistan game. Pakistan winning that series. Two to zip with a game to play. Uh, three ODIs as well. And then the Black Caps in action from, I think it's the 17th, of December when they return home to play uh, Pakistan, uh, sorry, Bangladesh in a uh, T20 and ODI series. It is 26 minutes away from five. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break and when we come back, we will hear from Tom Latham live from Dhaka in Bangladesh. Caps have arrived in Dhaka for the second test against Bang Bangladesh, which kicks off tomorrow uh, afternoon New Zealand time. The lads looking to bounce back from that loss in the opening test last week to discuss. Very, very privileged to have uh, opening batsman and Tom. Can I can I call you a veteran, a veteran test test match player, Tom Latham, on the line with us here on the run, run home? Are you okay with that? 
<laughs> yeah, it's no problem at all. <laughs> all right, you just you just never know, man, because you, you hit that line between opening batsman and then veteran opening batsman. But you are, of course, a member of the leadership team. Hey, hey, look, uh, reflecting on on the game that that finished up on, on the weekend, we know losing is never fun. But have the boys taken a, a sort of long, hard look at what went wrong, sort of on an individual basis? Yeah, I think there's plenty of plenty of conversations that have been had sort of over the past, I guess, couple of days and. And also throughout the test match, you're always looking at ways to to improve whether whether you're on the right side of the result or, or the other side. So um, I guess from our point of view, we probably didn't quite hit our straps as 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 we would have liked from a I guess from a from a test point of view. Um, you know, obviously in these conditions, it's about applying pressure for I guess for for long periods of time and, and being able to do that day after day. And um, we saw in glimpses that. At time, at times we were able to do that, but we weren't able to do it for, I guess, consistent periods of time. So, um, and I guess that showed uh, in the result in the end. And um, you know, Bangladesh were able to to apply pressure for longer than us, and then obviously got the rewards at the end of the day. So, uh, I guess leading into this test match, it's it's a pretty simple formula. If we're able to do it for longer periods of time, then then hopefully that will give us a good chance. What about for you individually in terms of process? I mean, you've had so much success as an opening batsman and like a big score for you always seems like it's just around the corner. Is it just a matter of reflecting on those good times? Do you make any slight changes? Do you have a look at on video and things like that? Like what's your individual process like? Uh, yeah, I'm probably a, an overthinker of things. Um, you know, you tend to, I guess, look at footage of of times when, when things have gone well, and, you know, whether it be against different teams or, or times where you've felt you've been um you know you've been hitting the ball well and um i guess as an open batsman some days it's it's going to come off some days it's not uh, it's sort of the i guess the the beauty of the role at the top of the order you, you face the new ball uh, in these conditions you face the new ball with a with a spinner bowling so it, it is slightly different but again i think you know sometimes this is a game that we tend to overcomplicate a little bit and mm. it's been able to simplify things as, as much as possible and, and come back to a couple of things that I guess they're important to, to individuals and, you know, for, for me personally, it's a, it's a couple of key things and, you know, I know if I can do that, then then I can give myself a good chance and that's not saying, um, you know, it's going to come out with some individual results because that's the nature of the game we play. But um, I guess from a preparation point of view, it's trying to prepare as best you can and, and try to tick all the boxes you want leading into a test match. And yeah, if, if you do that, then hopefully you give yourself a good chance throughout the game. Speaking of individual results, one of the sort of standout performers of that test match, Glenn Phillips. And man, you look at a guy who 12 months ago was sort of, you know, where was his position in this team? And he's, his off-spin bowling is now at a, at a level where, I don't know, man, maybe in a couple of years he'll be approaching uh, Nathan Lyon's status. But how good is it to see uh, a bloke like that who's got so much talent, Tom, and he's just really starting to shine now in, in a field I guess we probably as fans didn't expect. We've always loved what he's done with the bat. But, you know, you've obviously kept him uh, in, in ODI cricket and T20 cricket. It must be really cool to see his advancement as a test match player yeah i think as you said most people probably look at at gp as a as a white ball player but um we certainly know the the, the talent that he has um the work ethic that he has um, you know not, not long ago he was he was keeping for new zealand and um he's obviously made the change to to become a, an all-rounder a batting all-rounder that bowls a bit of offspin and um i guess from from our point of view having someone like that um in the middle order that's um that's obviously can be pretty destructive with the bat but but also bowl um, you know a lot of handy overs and i think the way he bowled um you know throughout that game especially that first innings was was outstanding to get a couple of key breakthroughs and um yeah as i said he's, he's put a lot of work in behind the scenes <laughs> he's someone that's first there you know you rock up to training and he's already bowling so um yeah he certainly put put a lot of hard work in and and I think from his point of view, it's it's nice for him to, I guess, start getting a, a few accolades with the ball because it's something he's he's tried to do for a long period of time. So um, I'm sure people don't see him as a part-time and now it's probably more of a, a an all-rounder role um, for him. And, um, and I guess from from our point of view, from a team makeup, it, it obviously helps to balance having someone that can, can, I guess, bat in the top six and, and bowl you a few overs as well. So, um, yeah, he's... Obviously bowled really well, but also played a vital role with the bat in that first innings, and I'm sure he'll be looking to just continue uh, a little bit of form that he showed throughout that first test match. So doing a little bit of research as you do as I'm uh, looking uh, to do this interview, I see Dakar, traditionally a very dry wicket. I'm sure you have you might have had a look at it or I'm not too sure, but do you reckon uh, Tim and Gary might consider four spinners? A few pundits back home, Tom, love a bit of punditry, sort of suggesting that maybe... Uh, all four of of the spin spin options are, are, are potentially on the cut if the wicket suits and going into a game with with one specialist um, swing bowler and maybe Daryl Mitchell to get his arm over. Do you think that might be an option? 
Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's it's an option. Um, yeah, we'll obviously have a, a look at the wicket today and, and see what what it looks like. Um, you obviously try to do your, as you said, do your research. I guess we do that as well from, um, you know, I guess looking at past games and, uh, and I guess scores and, and what sort of dominated. Uh, obviously it's going to be spin, but um, yeah, I, I think from, from our point of view, it's about trying to yeah, just go in with the best lineup that we think suitable for, for winning a test match. And we've obviously got 15 guys here that, um, you know, that we know can play a, a vital role um, in the game. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, when we get down to the ground uh, this morning, and and I'm sure the coach and captain will, will come up with those uh, those decisions later on. How's uh, how's Russian Russian Ravindra looking in the nets, Tom? Is he looking like he's uh, he's he's gunning for a, a slot in that team? Yeah, he obviously always looks great <laughs> in the nets. Um, yeah, he's obviously a quality player, and um, you know he's obviously you know come on in the last sort of couple of months from a I guess from an international point of view so um you know also not just his batting but um again he's another one that can can bowl you a lot of handy overs um as a batter so uh yeah I'm sure if he gets an opportunity he'll be looking forward to to getting into it it's obviously a, a pretty quick sort of test tour like you know playing cricket for 10 days I think you're there for about 14 all up is it is it a train play hotel type of of tour or do you get a chance to see some sights around um the the country of Bangladesh no, no, no. It's pretty much um, hotel ground uh, and airports. That's pretty much um, that's pretty much what, what what we're up to over here. Uh, as you said, we've had uh, obviously a heavy diet of, of white ball cricket over the last couple of months. Um, you know, and, and pretty much coming straight here from from India. So guys have obviously been away for for long periods of time. I think there's only three guys that that came from New Zealand. Um, you know, for this series. So um, a lot of the guys have been away for a long period of time and. Um, Hopefully we can we can finish. I guess it's the the winter that we've had. Um, you know, f- finish the, the the our off season. You know, really well over in these these conditions, and I'm sure guys will be looking forward to to getting back home and connecting with family, and and then obviously getting stuck into our, our home summer a couple of days after we get home. And just before I let you go, some really cool news out last week. Not 100% confirmed yet, but pretty much is. Uh, the 2026 Tour of Australia 4-Test Tour, which is awesome. And you've played the MCG on Boxing Day. Is there a, a bigger thing in Test cricket than that outside of winning the World Test Championship? You must be excited. I know it's a long way away, but that, that must be cool to see that on the calendar in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I did say that actually, which is obviously uh, pretty special. I think any time you play Australia, um, you know, whether it be home or away, is is pretty special. But I think to to have a four Test match series, which I've personally never played in, um, you know, will will you know be pretty special. As you said, it's a it's a few years away yet, but um, yeah, it's obviously there's something in the calendar that that people will mark down. I, I remember last time it was a a pretty significant event. You know, there was a lot of Kiwis that flew over from, from New Zealand to, to come watch, so um, I'm sure it will be no different in, in a couple of years' time. But, yeah, always special to play Australia, but, um, yeah, Boxing Day is, uh, is a pretty cool pretty cool occasion. I'll be uh, I'll be getting tickets, don't you worry about that. Tom Latham, thank you so much for your time, <laughs> mate. Uh, and enjoy the day. I know you guys are travelling early doors, so we appreciate you coming on the show, and, and, and good luck tomorrow. Cheers, thanks a lot. Tom Latham there, uh, veteran, Black Caps opening batsman. Uh, it is 10 minutes away from 5. You are listening to The Run Home, thanks to MG Motor NZ. The all-new MG4 Electric X-Power, the most powerful MG to arrive in NZ. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, J-Dog with your TAB update, and we're not too far away from the beef making an appearance, his first appearance as a host on The Run Home for about, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 weeks. Uh, something yeah. something crazy yeah. that's coming up so- shortly here on the run home uh, Brad carrying you through until Beeb joins us in about 10 minutes you've got to wash the balls pre-kickoff It is uh, four minutes away from five. Uh, time now for your TRB update. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at trb.co.nz. Bet safely. Remember, folks, R18. Bet responsibly, folks. Bet responsibly. Uh, J-Dog, uh, we just spoke to Tom Latham, veteran New Zealand opening batsman. Uh, where are we looking at for the – let's start off with, with uh, one that I think the fans, the listeners really want to listen about is uh, Ration Ravindra. 
Are there any odds uh, for Rashin Ravindra to be top run scorer? There is, funnily enough, uh, Brad. On the TAB website, New Zealand uh, top run scorer in the first innings, there is an option for Rashin Ravindra. Oh. Currently paying six dollars, he's a little bit down the list. Paying Came, six, yeah, six dollars. So he's yeah. I thought he's, he might be more than that, considering he's not expected to play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's fifth on the list, tied with Mitchell and Will Young for six dollars. Uh, ahead of him is our man Latham that we just uh, heard from. Devin Conway at four dollars thirty-three, and obviously uh, Captain or King Kane, as some refer to as. Uh, Three dollars seventy-five. Can he? Ship. Yeah, can he score another hundred and keep his streak going in Test matches? Mm, interesting. Does Rashan Ravindra play? Do you want him to play? What is your eleven for the Test match tomorrow? Double eight, double three. Me and J Dog were just talking about it on the break, and Jacob made a really good point. Could you play Will Young instead of Henry Nichols and drop Devin Conway down to four? We'll see what happens tomorrow. Only time will tell. Uh, right, head to head, Jacob. Uh, me's me's are guessing. Mm-hmm. That the Black Caps are still favourites. Uh, you would be correct in saying that. The New Zealand TAB, obviously, uh, you know, people investing in the Black Caps still have faith in them after their first uh, test match loss. And the series is on the line in uh, Dakar uh, tomorrow afternoon, 4.30pm. Um, you can find and list, uh, watch the game on 3Now or um, on YouTube at Rabbit Hold. Uh, yeah, currently New Zealand $1.95, the draw's paying $3.70, mm. and Bangladesh, way outsiders at $3.20 themselves. Wow. Yeah. wow, that surprises me. That surprises me immensely. Uh, all right, uh, there's, there's midweek footy in the EPL. Oh, uh, looking is. forward to this uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there are games uh, tomorrow. Wolverhampton, Burnley, and a really interesting one. Arsenal have a chance to go five points clear? Yes, they have a chance to go five points clear. They're currently two points clear. Uh, they take on Luton. That is in Luton, so uh, mm-hmm. they, they've been quite hard to beat they at have home, been. have Luton Town. Uh, but where are the odds for that? I'd imagine that Luton are paying uh, some, some big dole-dolls to, to win this game. You would be correct in saying uh, big dole-dogs, whatever that is. Uh, Luton are paying $15. Blingers. <laughs> Blingers. All right, okay. Uh, $15 to win the game tomorrow morning against Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal are... Uh, f- Pretty much unbackable. $1.17 and the draw. Wow. Sam's favourite football result, $7. <laughs> uh, the other game, Wolverhampton-Burnley. Uh, but I want to look ahead, Jacob, to uh, a couple of games that interest me. Firstly, Thursday, Liverpool-Sheffield United, mm-hmm. huge game. But also Man United and Chelsea. Yes. So we'll start on Sheffield United-Liverpool. They Sheffield United have just sacked Paul Heckingbottom, they their have. manager. Hate After, playing a team with a new manager. Yep. I totally, so I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like they're they're, kind, they're they're a cheeky bet. I mean, they're currently paying head-to-head $14, it's Sheffield at, United. It's at their home venue, too. Their home oh, venue. Such a niggly game. They have been terrible this season. I'll give oh, you a bit of faith, no. Brad. But uh, I do kind of have faith in Chris Wilder. He obviously used to coach there a couple of years ago until he got the sack. We are so... CAC at the back as well um, um, and I think Allison might still be out and mm. uh, Man United versus uh, Man Chelsea. United Chelsea yeah that's at Old Trafford United <laughs> oh, far out just kidding you're about to get ahead in a second uh, Man United $2.75 uh, against Chelsea's $2.40 so they're Chelsea favourites in that one the draw is $3.50 currently there you have it, guys. We'll get more tomorrow with Paul Mawadi. Uh, check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, folks. R18. Uh, it is uh, a minute away from the news with Aroha. Stephen B. McDonald, I can see the little uh, the little volume meter going up on his line, so I'm guessing he's there, which is great. So we'll get to him uh, after the news at 5 o'clock. Uh, and we'll also have a Tuesday Brain Buster for you, and we'll, uh, we'll ask Beave a few questions without notice. News time. We'll be back shortly. So, uh, you got, uh, you got my money? Huh? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you soon. Yeah, well, um, here's a suggestion. Um, have the money by tomorrow and there won't be any problems. This is the moment 
Indeed, time. It's uh, four minutes after five, and after about 150 days, uh, a couple of uh, phone calls, three or four phones, uh, a broken webcam, uh, a dodgy tie line, uh, this and that, that and this. It's Stephen Beaver Donald. Welcome back to the run home. Yeah. Oh, Brad, thank you so much. Oh, and that voice just gets me every time. And I don't, and I don't know what it is, or if you two and. In the studio, and I'm meeting Brad and the young maestro. I'm sure he's missed he's you so probably much. plateaued a little bit. He's missed, he's, you so he's much. missed me, Excuse but he's you. probably plateaued with, without having me. Um, <laughs> but how did you know that you were able to play one of my guilty pleasure songs? Which is a as a young twenty odd year old, I wondered whether it was okay to like trying to become a tough rugby player. I didn't know if it was socially acceptable. <laughs> I love but that song. I used to love that song when I was probably 2.30 in a nightclub I probably shouldn't have been in, Jacob. Mm. But thanks for having that up your sleeve today. That, that, that's that, the that Miley Cyrus remake, but um, I do love the Madonna version as well. But yeah, look, but I, had, uh, I, had, yes. I had no idea, but I um, I believe it's probably just fate, Beef. It's so good uh, to have you on the show, mate. Like, special. Uh, how, how, mate, how are you doing? Oh, look, it is it is fantastic, a, a touch emotional, uh, walking down the hallways of Auckland Airport today, thinking it hasn't been this long since I've been away, apart from when I've had overseas rugby contracts. So, uh, and even those Japanese ones were that short, it didn't seem like this long. Um, but um, no, it's it's been a while, it's fair to say. It's it's not quite the 150 days you talked about, but it's, uh, it's, pretty it's been close. a few. And, yeah. To think, I mean, how long ago is that Ireland All Blacks quarterfinal? That was about when I departed. Yeah, um, it's it's been, it's been some time, but uh, no, great to be back. Great to put the feet back on uh, on the soil here in New Zealand, and uh, looking forward to parking up for a while. It's uh, it's great overseas, Brad, but there's no place like home, as they say. Let me uh, let me get the paperwork out of the way. Of course, the run home brought to you by McDelivery. Uh, coming up on the Macca's menu. Well, it's a lot of beef. I'll give you the tip. Uh, we'll do a uh, <laughs> we'll do a little bit of a, a run home reunion Tuesday. Brainbuster, which Beef loves, welcome back with that questions without notice. Um, and we'll also recap the uh, highlights of New Zealand Pakistan. Beef, we have cricket on SCNZ. It's we've had yes. two games. It's been great. And I listened the other day uh, to uh, the commentary, Steve Davy Wiley's. It took me back to those great days of summer listening to radio, uh, you know, as a young fella. And it's so awesome to hear cricket on the radio again. And it's awesome to be part of a company that's bringing that to the to the, uh, to the the fans of cricket out there as well. No, it certainly is. Like you, you, you talked about your summers. Summers uh, used to be certainly for me, the transistor or we were Driving somewhere in the old, uh, I think it was a Largo van we used to have, the Silver Beast, and uh, we'd be going somewhere on a on a trip or a, or a sports event, and uh, there'd be cricket being played, and it was your Indies versus your CDs and, and what have you. So, uh, no, brilliant that the station has managed to get those rights, and uh, and what's a New Zealand summer without listening to a bit of cricket on the radio? Oh, it's um, it's brilliant. It's only just getting started, and what Beeb's really, really happy about is that he's going to get a few unscheduled days off as well if the weather holds. Uh, during the, just, just, just quietly, <laughs> not just, even thought of just, that. Just quietly, I think you might have a two-day week next week, but we'll uh, we'll get into that um, uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> hey, uh, look, I know it's a long time ago, but we haven't actually got your thoughts um, at all on on what happened in France, and you mentioned the Island game. That's that, that that weekend of rugby is the greatest weekend of rugby I think I've ever seen. But but not just that. Moving moving to, to head to, towards the final. Uh, what was the? I mean, I know you're obviously a passionate New Zealand fan. That game was so close. It was we knew it was going to be close. I mean, me and you had talked about how the Springboks were the one team that don't really fear the All Blacks in any form whatsoever. Uh, what a great game of rugby. Uh, there were a few things in there that we didn't like in terms of referee calls. But you were there. You were you were sidelined with uh, I think it was Jim Hamilton, weren't you? What was that? What was that game like for you? Yeah, the, the final was the final. Like obviously being live and and not watching it on TV and not having, I guess, the feeling of having the referee in the grandstand have such a such a factor in it. You, you didn't really notice it as much. Right. Yeah, you, you were still absorbed in a in a contest in front of you. And I guess when you're at the ground and you're just enjoying the moment, you know, you don't mind the odd break and play to have a have a yak to a man next to you and uh, see how see how things are unfolding in his eyes and and what have you. But um, yeah, certainly in hindsight and looking forward, looking forward, you'd like to think that you know most people with any sorts of common sense in the in the world of rugby or have an opinion on rugby have said, let's hope 
a massive game's never decided or never influenced by a guy sitting in the grandstand who just wants his name or face on TV. And that's where we ended up in the final. That's not sour grapes. I, I, I took my hat to South Africa. They're a mm-hmm. phenomenal rugby team, phenomenal at tournament play. And, and I'm not saying that if you just left Wayne Barnes to referee it, then the All Blacks win. Not, not at all. Um, South Africa deserve their title. But from a product point of view, and yep. we're, such, we're so hypocritical when it comes to running rugby because we say we're in, we're in, we're in the entertainment business and, and all the rest of it. And yet, when the whole world is watching it, and I can't imagine a Rugby World Cup final has any, it is the most watched game I'd have have thought. Um, You just had to see what sort of superstars of of the world of sport, of the world of movies were there that night to know that, okay, all the eyes of the sporting world are on this one. Why do we then go and punish ourselves and, and dish up a game that's refereed again by somebody who just was never good enough to be the man in the middle as good as Wayne Barnes? but he can run a computer. Um, I just think that's where we ended up. Hopefully now we go away and we realise, I've seen Shag Hansen come out plenty of times and say it. Um, I've seen others come out and say it. Let's just let's just adjudicate on tries and, and let the man in the middle referee it. But as a spectacle, as a game, 12-11, um, and you think about all the what-ifs. And those, unfortunately, the boys, you're always going to have what-ifs when you lose a game like that. And there'll be plenty in the All Blacks who, who will live with that for a long time, but... You know, but, oh, you couldn't you couldn't help but be a proud Kiwi. What they gave of themselves at that World Cup, considering after the opening game against the French. And uh, news this morning, Beave, uh, and this is the gross thing about it. And I know Wayne Barnes alluded to this after the game. We know Ben O'Keefe's had his own issues. Tom Foley has uh, taken decided to walk away from the game at this stage. He was the video ref because of the abuse, and that for me is the yucky thing, right? Like when it becomes personal. And look, I actually think mm. the debate in New Zealand you wouldn't have been privy to it, but even on this radio station, was reasonably. Uh, calm, like uh, yep. I think people accepted the results, but the but you brought it up. The discussion was: Is this what we want to advertise to the world? And there are things that rugby are doing that are making the game worse. Uh, obviously, the yucky thing is when people jump into people's DMs and, and and abuse them and what have you. Don't like to see that, but it's about it's about repairing. The game, uh, and, and look, we're not the only ones saying that. Warren Gatlin said it. Eddie Jones has said it. All of these coaches have said it. I think even uh, uh, Andy Farrell mentioned it as well, that the game's not quite right. Yeah, and considering the stakes, it's, it's remarkable, though, when you think about how how high the stakes were at that quarterfinal weekend you talk about, Brad, and yet we had entertaining thrilling games of rugby yeah and the stakes couldn't have been any higher then than they were yeah yeah because it's not called the final but for four teams in particular it was their world cup final that they'd been building for and mm. and they produced games of absolute highest entertainment yeah slightly contrasting but still if you had shown that to a person in america who's taking a passing interest and doesn't know a rule about rugby they could have got on board that they could watch that and go well that's not a bad sport and that's what you want your product to be to be entertained to the casual observers and uh, I certainly think we've got that in bucket loads in that quarterfinal weekend so yeah I think obviously there's some, there's some things that need to be tweaked but it's not rocket science what needs to be tweaked let the man in the middle referee if there's tries to be decided then yep a try needs to know if the balls hit the grass and we just need to get this head thing sorted and, and where we stand on height of tackling and what have you and then force and impact and then I think we can get a lot of the grey area out. I mean, scrums are always going to be scrums. <laughs> rucks are always going to be rucks. But if we can just... We can control the controllables, Brad. And yeah. I mean, coaches love to talk about it. Well, whoever's, there's plenty of coaches on the boards of World Rugby that make big decisions now. Well, let's control the controllables as far as adjudicating and just say this is not to be refereed by a man in the grandstand. I have missed your common sense. I've missed it, you know. Like it's just a big part of the show is Beef talking common sense. Hey, uh, a big rugby story this week. Beef uh, was yep. Bowden Barrett uh, resigned. Yes. I uh, I took about twenty steps down to NZR on uh, Monday. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Chris Lendrum was up. Uh, he's the uh, director of high performance for New Zealand Rugby. And and uh, the question was posed to Chris Lendrum is did how much of a role did Razor Robertson make in this decision? He said basically none. Um, and I was like, hmm. But uh, wh- what do you make of this sign? I think it's great for Bowden. I think it's great for the Blues. I think it's great for Super Rugby. It's great for the All Blacks. Uh, and it's great for someone like Damian McKenzie and Stephen Perifetta and these other 10s that are now going to have a great player like Bowden Barrett pushing them in that All Black role next year. 
Oh, well, the year after. Oh, great. Yeah. No, you used, you used the word great 10 times in the last 30 seconds, and I couldn't use any other word than great. It is a great signing. It is great that uh, Bodie is going to commit to another four years. I'll be honest with you. Um, it was a position that once that final whistle um, blew in, in Paris, yeah. I thought, hmm. Apart next? from my great boy Damien, um, there's concerns. But uh, the fact that we've now got Bowden and Damien, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Damien will be happy. I mean, they're great Wednesday golf partners. I mean, Damo probably wanted every game by himself. He's probably going to have to share a couple now. But um, no, it is great. We're going to have two, two world-class ones. And, and Damo, I think, still the kid that they're going to probably promote to be their man in four years' time. But to have Bodie around, uh, it is brilliant. He'll certainly have a massive part to play. I think he will, you know, and I mean, this is, I've got nothing, this is going off no evidence whatsoever, but I would imagine he will start to concentrate more on it, life as a 10. I think the 15 yeah, days, I agree. he'll start pushing to the, pushing to the rear vision mirror and uh, he'll, he'll zone in on the 10, 10 jersey and then the 10 position. So, which will, you know, be great for Damien as far as pressure and making sure he's playing well, but also in fact, great for the All Blacks that you've now got two. And who knows, Richie? Richie might only do three years of his Toshiba. Well, it's a three-year deal apparently in yes. Toshiba, and he might drop back in. So, um, you know, I, I must admit it was a position that I fought to, for as far as the, the new All Black regime. It's a little bit of a hospital pass at one point with just Damien, but uh, now I think it looks a lot more secure. Yeah, and competition breeds performance, right? So you know. Damien is going to need to perform every week in, week out, both the Super Rugby and Test level, um, as long as Bowden's playing at the same level. I, I just think it's awesome uh, news. And, uh, is it a, and Chris Lindgren was asked this yesterday, if it's not so much a changing the guard, but is this a sign for other players that the all-black jersey still means a lot to a guy like Bowden Barrett? Well, if there was any doubt, I think it confirms. And, and, and hopefully not just means something to Bodie. I mean, just... Because I've, you know, I've long been a believer, and we've got to never entertain the thought of, of picking players from overseas. Yeah, and I think this this signature of Bodie's sort of reinforces that. That, you know, Bodie would be sacrificing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, oh, millions. Right, well, Bodie would be sacrificing millions by coming back. No doubt about it. But the reason he's done that is because he wants to be an All Black still. So I think that's that's a great tick to New Zealand rugby. I think it's a great endorsement to the fact that they never have to consider this whole picking players from overseas, and it's a great tick for for future where we still want our superstars playing super rugby. We want super rugby to be better. We want Australia to sort their rubbish out. But if someone like that, who, as I say, he will be sacrificing millions to have signed that deal, um, I think it's I think it's a great thing for the All Black jerseys' future. Final question before we get onto the brain buster. Did I see a video on social media of you donning a rugby outfit in du- was it Dubai on the weekend with a with a certain case Danaway on the sideline? Yes, look. It's, Please explain. Uh, um, well, I've got a ma- I've got mates up there who uh, who have businesses and they uh, every year enter into what is the Dubai uh, the Dubai Sevens goes on. And anyone who hasn't been to the Dubai Sevens, the, the World Series, if you've got the money, if you've got the ways to go to it, go to it. Because it is the best event I've ever been to rugby-wise. Wow. Out the back of it, they have uh, amateur rugby, netball, uh, crossfit. Uh, what's the new craze in tennis, but not pickle, tennis? Pickleball. Uh, pickle, pickleball. They yeah. have cricket. They have, I know I'm missing a couple other sports. And this is all going on out the back. And they have bars. And that's where well, bars were the only thing that took, took my attention. <laughs> but, um, bars and food and bouncy castles for the kids. It is as good an event as I have ever seen. And I've done it two years in a row now. Uh, we were in the veterans competition, and, and we just played with uh, my mates up there, locals' mates, and, and a few other ringins that they uh, got in this year. We somehow, um, I guess, we were MVPs without a shadow of a doubt in the entire tournament uh, post-fixtures. Give yourself a shout-out. No one one pushed the boat out harder uh, post-match than than our team, and yet we somehow still managed to scrub ourselves off every day and uh, got ourselves through to the final. Unfortunately, the final was on the main pitch. Was on the in the main our main arena. Uh-huh. All the other field games are played out the back, and of course, you know who's operating in the uh, main arena is none other than Kirst Stanway and Carl Tanana, right? Yes, yeah. and Kirst uh, just happened to decide that even if it was her break, that she would film. <laughs> she did my uh, my fixture. Um, 
unfortunately for me, I pulled a quad and tried to play on a pulled quad. Uh-oh. I've got a crack. I've got a cracked rib, um, <laughs> and I was hobbling around like uh, a seventy-five-year-old, not the uh, recently uh, christened thirty-year-old I am. Um, and uh, she thought it was quite hilarious to um, broadcast that to, to her thousands of followers on her social media account and uh, completely take the piss out of me as I tried to survive the 35-degree heat hey, mate, you at look, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You look like you're still packing about 1% body fat, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried, mate. You're looking, you're looking oh, pristine. I, sweated, I, sweated, I, was, I was running a liquid diet for four days straight, <laughs> and uh, I sweated it all out most of the days. No doubt. Uh, it's uh, 5.19 here on the run home. The Run Home's Tuesday Brain Buster. Okay, Beaver, are you ready? Uh, for a brain buster, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it so early in the piece, but yeah, go on. j Dog, take it away, son. Uh, well, you might actually have say, the answer say to hello this. To, say hello to Dad oh, first. Dad? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I, have, dad I have a dad. Mentor, life. Uh, <laughs> you hero. Coach. Just yeah. go up, hero. Oh, hero, yeah, God, understatement of the year. I mean, I mean, it's an honour to work with such an esteemed, <laughs> esteemed person of your calibre. Uh, anyway, Tuesday Brainbuster. How uh, beef uh, is beef thirty? Uh, what age is he actually? No, uh, Sa- <laughs> the actual Brainbuster. Uh, Sam's mother had four children in all. The first one was named May. The second and third were named June and July, respectively. What was the fourth child? Fourth child's name. Ah, May, June, and July. Yes, those are the names of. Uh, and, you, and there's no details about uh, conceiving and what have you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's no. It doesn't go into detail about that. No. There's no Pornhub links. No, it wasn't, so. no, it no wasn't July, was it? Links. No. I think I've got it. Mm? Can you read the start of that again? Sam's mother had four children in all. The first one was named May. The second and third were called June and July, respectively. Mm-hmm. What was the fourth child's name? I got it, Beef. Do you reckon you got it? It was July. No. July or Sam. It's either July or Sam. It's oh. it's 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 Sam because you just re- reeled off the three other names, right? <laughs> Is it Sam, Jacob? Yeah, you're correct. Oh, Beef, our powers combined. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Hey, you still got it, Beef. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you back, mate. Uh, it's so, so good to have you back. It's uh, 21 after 5. We'll take a quick break here on the Run Home of Vic shortly. Welcome back to the Run Home. It's 26 after 5. Chris back on Monday. Uh, Beef did catch up with her in Dubai. Uh, the other, how, she, how is she? How is the, the great Kirstie Stanway? I haven't spoken to her since I think the finals week as well. Uh, good spirits. Um, obviously, it's no secret. She's caring. She is. A child. Um, a human. And uh, when she came and found me at uh, my recovery station... Um, just at the back, she <laughs> couldn't tuck into what I was recovering on. Well, she did. She just had. She was that hot. She had just had a quick sip. But uh, yeah, she certainly known the sorts of person she is. She looked around and goes, "Beaver, you don't have to go to Coachella now. You are literally here, Coachella." So oh. that was good to know. Looking forward. Yeah. Looking forward to Monday. Going to be a fun show. Uh, cursed. Uh, back on deck, Beaver. What were you doing in 1985? Well, like everyone, I was idolising a couple of the New Zealand greats in Hadley and Crow. I don't know what you were doing. I was doing the same thing. It's time for our Tuesday time machine. Uh, We're going back, Beef, to November 8, 1985, the Gabbock round in Brisbane, New Zealand versus Australia, one of the greatest days uh, in New Zealand Test cricket history. We're sending you back to the future. There's the hook shot, it's in the air, and Ewan Chatfield has taken the catch, a brilliant catch at fine leg. He's not noted for his fielding, but uh, he judged that one perfectly. He's a tall man, six foot two, six foot three, and it came in handy as he grabbed that one before it went over the boundary line. He's gone, that's beautifully taken, he has got good hands. The New Zealand captain there, Jeremy Coney, making no trouble, making no mistake with that uh, flying edge off the outside edge of Boone's bat. It went quickly to him and he had to move to his right, but he caught it very well. Borders hit it, he's out, first ball after lunch, he's driven on the up to cover. Wasn't a good shot, but it was a good safe catch and what a breakthrough from Richard Hadley. And this match is thrown wide open. 
gone, yes, beautiful piece of bowling. He kept it online, he had the extra slip in there, and this is one of the great spells of test bowling by Richard Hadley, the number one striker, picks up Greg Ritchie. Oh, and that's got to be very close, I would say. That's out, yes. Not much doubt about that. A very good delivery from Richard Hadley. Moving back into the left-hander. And Kepler Vessels, I think, even if he had been playing a shot, still would have been out. He was well and truly in line. Oh, and right through him. Clean bold. On that occasion, playing a shot. But uh, it wasn't down the right line. And Hadley has made it six out of six. Oh, and he's gone through Phillips as well. So seven wickets. Hadley, his previous best was seven for 23 against India. It's gone. Great catch. Best figures ever for Richard Hadley. Eight for 52. Gone, yes, nine wickets. What a wonderful performance from Richard Hadley. One of the all-time great performances at the Gabba. His teammates must congratulate the great fast bowler and what a privilege it has been to watch that performance. Beave, what a performance um, from Sir Paddles uh, in that first test against Australia and Brisbane. New Zealand went on to win that series, uh, Beave, two games to one. Hadley taking nine for 52 and six for 71, Beave, for, for 15 for 123 in the match. Uh, just one of the greatest individual performances in test cricket history over the course of uh, what was a four-day test. Yeah, well, I, I guess... Where and against who also adds yeah. a fair bit of uh, fair bit of weight to that. That's a great point. Yeah. And you know, just obviously grew up grew up hearing stories of how they can't remember, you know, the the, the finer points of uh, every game that he played because by the time he was retiring, I was sort of being able to just start take notice of it. But uh, yeah. The legend of him certainly carries on, and uh, what a performance when you, when you look at that. Not just to take the nine, but then to back it up for casual six. Yeah, just just a sneaky little six plus. Uh, he got fifty four with the bat. Martin Crow one eighty eight. John Reed one hundred and eight. Um, and a great trivia question for you, Beef. Who denied Hadley his ten wickets in an innings? And it was Vaughan Brown who dismissed Jeff Lawson. Guess who took the catch? Well, it was Sir Sir Richard, wasn't it? Yeah, and like you've, at that point, uh, Beef, he had eight wickets. So, like, if that ball was up in the air and you're sitting on eight, and and a captain Jeremy Coney's told you, you know, we're not going to end you yet, mate. You still got three or four overs to go. Does any part of you be like, oh, I might just might just uh, butterfingers this one? <laughs> well, <laughs> depending on who you're playing, but I think uh, yeah. that era of player, and I guess the. The competitive nature of the opposition, I would have thought that would have been a fairly intense sort of situation to be in. So I think they would uh, they were all in on one thing only, and that was to to beat them in their own backyard. You're a cricketer of great esteem. What were the most wickets that you ever took in an innings during your um your your days uh, on the cricket paddock? Uh, I've taken more, but uh, my three for eleven Gillette Cup uh, quarter final against Fongaday Boys um, was was my finest uh, bowling performance. Uh, Ten over straight, obviously big fitness, Jacob. um, So didn't need a rest. (laughs) Is that opening? Is that opening the bowling? Ten overs off the bat, like off off the the start. Because we we thought we had no chance, so we thought we would prepare. We usually played on the Astro, but we played on the on our dusty grass wicket and uh, just tried to make it as as rubbish as we could for the highly touted <laughs> Whangarei boys. And uh, I then jumped in the and jumped in behind the gloves and uh, and the wickets. Uh, oh man! Uh, and kept what? for the other twenty five. Who are you, Roy of the yeah. Rovers? Like what? What? What, <laughs> what, 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 what is this? Yeah. Know, but I was also. Opening bat, I was also very good with the mouth. No, I, 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 I was very good with the mouth, so they needed to get me behind the stumps to just try, start sledging because I was just too far out of it when I was having to bowl. When when I was growing up, I you know you model yourself after a cricketer, and I mean I loved Chris Cairns. I tried to bowl with his action. Everyone used to say um, you you look like Chris Cairns, but you you bowl like a four year old. Uh, but <laughs> but was there was there a particular player that you looked up to and you sort of modelled yourself around? We all did it, didn't we? No, because if there was, I would have been a fast bowler. Like, I should have, by all rights, been a fast bowler. But I used to bowl off the one foot, the wrong foot, sorry. So I, I just batted and kept and then turned myself into a bit of an off spinner uh, for those such occasions. Uh, so, no, there's no... I mean, I used to love 
the Kiwis with the, the street fighter in them. I used to love a bit of Roger Twos because oh, um, yes. he stood up to the Aussies. Um, I, I love Kens, of course, uh, as any kid did mm. in that era. Um, great Batch was, I guess, 92 World Cup. I was just starting to get a comprehension of it all. Uh, Ken Rutherford. Um, just he was just a scrapper for me I, too. I so Rutherford, very guys of that ilk. Very controversial. Uh, we did a run home greatest New Zealand ODI team of all time uh, under the great Sam Ackerman um, post the New Zealand exit of the World Cup, and he fought yep. very very hard for Mark Greatbatch to make that side just based on the '92 World Cup alone and the fact that he smashed yes. every team around. He didn't quite make the cut. Um, I believe it was was it was it, it was Astle and Guppy maybe yeah. I think uh, Astle and Guppy were the were the only batsmen. But yeah, where, where would you have stood on the on the Mark Greatbatch debate? Yeah, I can understand. Astor was as good. Like, could you imagine if Astor was in this era and how much he would be yeah. commanding in an IPL market? It would be scary. It would. Um, who was your other one? Sorry, Estherland. Uh, uh, um, if memory serves, it was yeah, it was Martin Gappel and and uh, and their records uh, were uh, ridiculous. Record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, where was Baz? Where was Baz? We had, we ended up. So that was that was we made room for for Astor by moving McCullum down to seven as a finisher. Yes. Uh, and that way we had six batsmen. Um, I think Ken's was the all-rounder at six. Uh, and, yeah, and McCullum batted at seven with Vittori, Hadley, uh, Bolton, uh, someone else. Uh, Bond, Bolton, Did Bond. Did you check with Baz that he was prepared to put the gloves back on? Because look, he he said he was done with the gloves. Did looks, we check with him there? As convener of selectors, he just plays in the team that I select. Beef. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I mean, he should. I don't want to bump into Baz anytime soon and get told I'm not putting the gloves back on. That, that team's gone worldwide. Like we got likes in India on that team, so uh, you know they're obviously big Baz. So Baz has probably seen it, and I, I haven't had a message yet. So uh, let's hope. Let, let's hope I don't get in trouble um, from my second favorite cricketer of all time, which was uh, Brendan McCullum, uh, and I think he's Beef's favorite radio host. Is that, is that true, Beef? Yeah, I'll fair shadow. Yeah. I mean, it's either him or Dag, so it has to be him. <laughs> it's definitely not Dag. You're listening to The Run Home. Thanks to MG Motor and Z, the all-new MG Electric X Power, the most powerful MG to arrive in New Zealand. Time for a segment that Beef has no idea that we do. This is a new edition, Beef. It's called Sports Headlines with a cool little ESPN thing in the back. Do you like that production? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Jesus, sharp. I did it myself. Oh, sharp. Thank you very much. The White Ferns have fallen to a history-making T20 series defeat, losing to Pakistan by 10 runs at the aptly named Susie Bates Oval in Dunedin. Uh, days on from their maiden T20 victory over the White Ferns in the tour opening, Pakistan proved uh, their first win was no fluke and went again to secure their first series win over the White Ferns in the process. Um, it was a reasonably comfortable victory as well. And here's one for you, Beef. Uh, high-profile Crusaders recruit Lee Halfpenny, who should be on the show with us next week has only been in New Zealand a handful of days but is quickly making his presence felt with his new team. The former Lions representative in Welsh International touchdown on Aotearoa last week to begin his one year t- tenure with the defending champs. New coach Rob Penny says the Test match veteran has had no problems integrating himself with the squad saying he's brought a lot of energy, he's great to have around and he's mixed in beautifully and is an asset to the Red and Blacks. That news of course Lee Halfpenny, that's a big signing for the Crusaders and he fills a lot of gaps doesn't he Beef? Look, I, I know where you're at with imports too. By the way, this is going to be awkward because I'm a man of my word, um, and I don't think New Zealand team should be getting any imports in. So, yep, Lee Halfpenny, great player, but I, I, I just, I just, I just don't get it. I do not get it. Um, I obviously have to keep my opinion to myself when we have them on the air, but um, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, especially. Rumours are that there's every chance that he might be donning the 10 jersey. And so you've got him donning the 10 jersey. You've got Patchell donning the 10 jersey at the Landers. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you've got three qualified all-black starting 10s. That's a problem. Tell me where that takes you in five years' time and 10 years' time. From from, so, a, from a perspective of the Crusaders, who obviously want to continue this great legacy under Razor, should should they be looking after their house before they look after New Zealand Rugby's house? Like how does that – for you, how, how would that work? Well, that was probably five years ago finding the best fifteen year olds. Yeah. In Christchurch. I don't know, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't I, I know I know I'm I know I get hung up on this 
if there's one thing I get hung up on, Brad, this is it. You know it's my hang-up issue. Um, yeah, I'll, but, I'll, uh, I've just texted the Crusaders media manager to cancel the interview. Um, and, 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 and give him to Staffy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and He's I'll, actually a great guy, Lee Penny. I've met him a few times. I'll ask for David Havili instead. So, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Give me an all-black. So, David, how's, how's Lee Halfpenny fitted into the team? Yeah. You're playing 10, aren't you, David? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you back, Beef. It's uh, 22 minutes away from... Uh, so we'll take a quick break, break and uh, J-Dog will have some questions without notice for myself and uh, Beef back shortly. It's uh, six, 16 minutes away from six. Uh, Beef, how about this for a day's work? You've got 16 minutes left in your work day. <sighs> Look at... I am no. Should I be guilty? I don't know. It's um, I can't help it. Um, technically, there's a few issues here earlier, um, but I've just tried to give you mm. three hours in an hour. I know I've talked faster than usual. You have. Um, I'm not on any substances, people. I haven't drunk coffee for the first time in my life. Just excited. I have just tried to pack three hours into one hour for you. Yeah, and and you love being back with with your team. Uh, we do have some mail beef. <laughs> give us it. Give us some mail. Uh, wow, Beaver, still salty. Have some sympathy for the Satyrs. Uh, they lost their backup 10 in Fergus Burke to a season-ending ending injury. I mean, that's factually correct, but mm. I, I guess your point is that tough, tough bickies. Yeah, it's an old saying. Um, yeah, tough, tough bickies. Um, do I have sympathy for you at all? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have a backup. Uh, as a Waikato boy, um, so I go back to your, my, my original point um, three or four years ago. Put some time and money into your, your locals and you're not having to buy half penny over here. Beef, what's old don't, mate? Don't cry to me about Fergus Burke getting an injury. I mean, I've got sympathy for Fergus, hmm. but not for not for the sa- Sages in general. Mm, I mean, why? No. Why? Do you think the Landers have? No. Hey, Beef, what's no, old do mate? Do you think the Hurricanes have? No, no. What's old mate Cruden doing? Is he heading back uh, to uh, places <laughs> of past, or is, or is he hanging? Hang, what's his What's his plans? Uh, he is. He's. I think he's. I, I don't know if it's confirmed, but I believe he's looking. He's looking abroad again. Mm. But I, I did have a funny conversation about uh, Sid. Said franchise who may have knocked on his door, <laughs> and uh, like any self-respecting person, he said I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, um, right. So bless him. And bless also, him. Ken says hello. Uh, great to have you back. He's heading to Australia for a couple of days. And on that note, it's uh, time for some questions without notice, Beave. And I want to start off with uh, the best spot for you in Queensland. You've just spent uh, oh. four or five weeks there with with the uh, oh. the, the Great Izzy Dag. Well, what was, for you was your your favourite spot in Queensland? Okay, so usually I cover myself and I read off about six, but I'm going to give you one. It's not it's not the beaten track ones that you always hit. Well, this one sort of is. Uh, but the wet Sundays. Mm. And in particular, a little place called Daydream Island. Unbelievable. Daydream but Island. But you are talking about... You're talking about comparing... Oh, I don't know. You're talking about comparing... Richie McCaw and Dan Carter and saying which one was the better player. It's, this is the level of Queensland as a tourist destination, people. It's interesting. All right, we have a question without notice uh, off the bench from Keith from Canterbury. Keith, good afternoon, mate. Uh, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, I beg your pardon. Kenny. Question You're for right. Beef. Um, well, uh, two parts, but I'll ask one question first because that's bad uh, journalism. But Beef would know that. <laughs> <laughs> you can combine the two. You can combine the two. Two-part question. Two part question. <laughs> no, you, you ask one first and wait for them to respond, Beaver. Uh, anyway, so um, tough cookies. Does that apply to losing a Super Rugby title twice to the Crusaders? Or <laughs> your thoughts? You know what? You know what? Uh, you did right, and I have no sympathy for the Chiefs in this year's final too. They lost it. Crusaders won it, and it was a thoroughly deserved t- uh, title in that performance they put it in the final. I've never said anything other than that. Uh, I had to tell Izzy Dag over and over again that I thought the Crusaders deserved their final for the last month. He loves to recite it. So no, there's no sour grapes there, people. And part, no, part two. Um, how does the humble pie taste? 
Uh, I refuse to eat it. I refuse to eat it. But uh, I'm ju- I just don't get. I mean, from a man in that area, uh, do you have club rugby? Do you have schoolboys rugby down there? Is is there, is there anything under the Crusaders? Yeah, well, there's quite a few uh, secondary schools national titles down. Oh yeah. The, yeah. What we call the factory, the rugby factory of Crusaders yeah. Boys High School. And, and do any of them have a number 10 running around for them? Well, we educated one of your best 10s, um, Damien McKenzie. So. Yeah, well, yeah, Southland's finest. A uh, kid from Gore. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just feel that Canterbury surely is a factory that they don't need to go sort of searching around the world for. Well, I think it's probably kind of what makes it great because if we're lacking a 10, we have just lost the best world the world's best number 10 mm. Burgess Burke. what's the story is he injured is he injured again yeah I don't NPC, know if it's season I, I don't know if it's season ending but I, I, he's definitely out for, for the first two months of the, the campaign see I think things like getting public Yeah, there is a, there is an argument there that uh, getting in getting in players like uh, Pablo was good for the competition. I I personally, all jokes aside, I just all I can think about is the rabble that Australian rugby's got themselves into, and usually it's around decision making, and usually it's around guys making good decisions when the pressure's on. And unfortunately, years ago they ran a similar cutter where they had a whole lot of foreigners playing ten for them mm. at their five franchises. So. All jokes aside, people, that's where I guess my uh, my thoughts are when it comes to having the number 10 jersey in particular worn by foreigners because it's just so important when it comes to the big games. Thanks for your call, Keith. Uh, great uh, call Thanks, there. Keith. Yeah, yeah, good job, mate. All right, uh, Beave, the one time you thought your life was in danger, uh, not necessarily in Queensland, but but throughout your entire venture overseas, there surely there was one. Uh, well, when I had to go and when I had to go to the suburbs of Paris, door knocking and trying to find my phone um, some some two months ago when I was just going off uh, my iPad. I probably, in hindsight, shouldn't have got out of, in that part of Paris. <laughs> uh, but no, um, where, I was, where I was most concerned, and you'll get to see this, well, actually t- two times. Uh, I forgot that I had an issue of heights. So Brisbane Story Bridge. Forgot. Uh, I, I had to walk a plank uh, at the top of Story Bridge. Uh, it's fair to say I froze. Um, and had a meltdown. And secondly, <laughs> feeding a uh, two-week hungry python with a set of tongs and a dead rat. What were you doing feeding uh, Izzy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, Izzy was also had that job to do. Uh, it had to be said. I don't think that I've felt the heart go like that before because the worst thing is oh. we'd watched a equally as hungry python get their rat no more than 10 minutes before and we'd had time to digest that and think about it and know that we're going to see at some stage this python just casually sit in there around its favourite tree roped around and then it just cocks its neck and hits like wow. well it hits like you see in the movies and it's a reason why everyone has a snake nightmare at some stage in their life it, that's when I probably thought I was going to die I did hear Izzy talking on Bricker the other day about he had to have that snake all over him which he was not Happy about? Oh yes, yeah. yes. That was we had that later. I actually enjoyed that part of it. I don't know what that was after <laughs> the feeding. <laughs> that was after the feeding. So, um, I was surprised as he didn't enjoy the snake all over. He, he was so tough. Do you agree, Beef, that you should have got a new phone on day two of the lost phone um, scandal of 2023? In hindsight, yep. In hindsight, yes. And look, there's lots of things I'd have done differently. Gone home an hour earlier. Probably don't leave it in the taxi. You know, just there's so many things. That you go over in your head and you wonder, you know, the what-ifs game. But like the All Blacks, I'm going to have to do what-ifs for quite some time uh, over that phone, two credit cards. Which, I don't know if I've given you the update, guys. I got a text from Apple the other day telling me it's in Algeria. The phone is. <laughs> the phone's been unlocked and is functioning in Algeria. No, so if anyone gets a random message for me, if anyone... Gets uh, gets a bill payment from me. Brilliant. Uh, from Algeria. That's, that's where it's come from. Was your Uber driver Algerian? Well, I, thought, I wonder if they just sort of put them in a big box and send yeah. them over and get a, a bass, uh, you know, like, like the old recycling days when we used to recycle cans and we used to take them all down there on a Sunday Indeed. morning. You might get 10 bucks for your 100. 
Um, I don't know what they get for 100 phones, but uh, <laughs> yes. I'm so In glad. Nigeria. I'm so glad we've got a phone update. Final question. The most important question, Beef. The most important question without notice. What presents did you get the children? Uh, they, cause, well, they actually flew over to Brisbane, so they had, a, they had presents there. Um, but then they have just got their presents this morning. And I tell you what. Dubai is known as a wonderful shopping airport. It's not if you've been through there half a dozen times in the last couple of months and you're shopping for kids because there's one small little kid's corner. Uh, Jacko got a Paw Patrol steering wheel. Uh, Liv got some uh, Barbie makeup and a diary with glittery pen plus a Rubik's Cube of Camel. Uh, different camels of Dubai. Awesome. And poor young Liam just got some sort of crowns thing where you wipe it and you can start again sort of thing. So His present was he, having daddy back though, let's be honest. Yeah, well he was the only one awake when they got to the airport so he was very excited about having me back and he's got to say the word daddy, which is about all he can say, but it's uh, it was worth the worth the 18 hour trip to get home, that's for sure. Just like that, Beave, we're done now. I know you're not here with us tomorrow, but you will be here with Mark Richardson on Thursday. Cannot wait for that, Beef. Absolutely. One of my favourite black caps of that era for sure. Yes. No doubt about it. Should be a banging show. So great to have you back, me and like all jokes aside, it is very good to have you back. I know Jacob is very, very excited to have his mentor back, um, and we'll see you uh, in a couple of days' time. All right, guys. Great to be back. Thanks for having, having me back. And, geez, who knows? We might do two hours on Thursday. <laughs> That's oh. the run home for another day. We'll see you tomorrow with Sam Ackerman.